And we're back, and uh, part 50, just kidding. Um, <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, and we left off, and I know. Just kidding. I was talking about um, just being, the family being raised Catholic. Ah, and, um, right. you know, so that just kind of leads into um, not really remember ever praying um, as a family or having Bible studies or talking about the Lord or, you know, um, going through troubled times, you know, what we're supposed to do, you know, just all that kind of stuff. Um, again, it was a disconnect for me personally, um, in the Catholic church, I went to catechism. I went, you know, I was baptized. I had godparents, which that's the, uh, godparents who we lived around the corner when we lived on antelope, we lived Uh, around the corner from them, which my mom's sister and her husband. And, um, I was close with um, my cousin, And so I, you know, went through that. I went through the first communion. I had a godmother there. Um, But it was always just going through the motion kind of thing. Just this is what you do. But it was almost like almost robotic or in a sense, like there was no real connection with God or an understanding. Me anyways. Yeah. Um, And since we're also talking about spiritual parents and godparents, Uh let me just side note that real quick is that I, I really later, like I'd say in my teens and I never went through like a confirmation or continuing in that because it was like, no, it's, it's almost like you're just going through the motions. I didn't really see a need for that kind of stuff. Like, again this is just what what i what i personally have have um my my own experience with it and i know you have had godparents as excuse me i know you have had godparents as well and um i'm not sure how far i don't know if you just had a baptism when you were younger godparents um or if you went through a first communion but yeah i didn't do all that communion stuff i i had godparents a godparent yeah godfather that i they said i had and that was it. Right. And I just, um, I didn't really experience what I thought a godparent was supposed to be. Um, and I'm a godmother to a couple people, for a couple people. And I just never understood if you're a godparent, you should be talking about God mm-hmm. to that child. Right. You should be any conversation, just constantly referring them to Christ, um, praying with them in opportunities, you know, just constantly edifying and what it means to have a relationship with God. Right. So my understanding of it when, with my godparents is I know they said, God bless you. Um, but I never really remember having deep conversations, unfortunately. Um, And that's a bummer. You know, I really don't remember that. I don't remember ever looking to God as the answer to our problems or even in our triumphs or our victories or our excited times or our rejoicing, exalting God in that too. You know what I mean? Like any of it. So also being a a God parent from what I seen and observed within friends, family, extended family, it almost seems like, how do you pick a godparent for your child? And it was almost not for the right reasons, it seemed like. That's what it really seemed like, unfortunately. It seemed like, well, if they have good money, 
or if they have money, come from a place where you'll get gifts. Okay, that's probably somebody you want to pick for a godparent. Yeah. Um, I think, I think, you know what I'm trying I, to I've say? Seen right? that, like, yeah, I've seen that where it was almost because of aff- affluence. Mm hmm. Um, that somebody would, somebody would be chosen for a godparent, you know, um, I know, I think in my situation it was, well, it was what you were supposed to do. So just because keeping up with whoever, the neighbors, you know, well, they did it, so we should do it too. Mm-hmm. You know, not really having any justification outside of, understanding, of comparing yeah. to other people, right? You know, because it was like what the cool kids did, right, right, right. Um, but and in your case, I think too was some of that was the same thing, but also too it was kind of a choice of well, they can kind of be like you know kicking down with some stuff. But yeah, and and then also like from what I observed. It seems like a lot of people are guilted. Well, you should have so-and-so be your, the godparents. And well, what about this? If it doesn't come organically, like really seeking Christ and getting Christ's guidance from it, because that's what it should always be about, um, is that unfortunately so many people are take the influence of others or the guilt or the well, you should do this or it's your brother or your sister. So they should be your, the godparent or it's, well, this person's been there for you. So it should be this person. Like it's all of what man, woman or man says (laughs) instead of what God says, you know? And so anyways, I just thought that was interesting. It's that tradition of inclusion that no matter what you've done, no matter what your line of thinking is, it's family and, well, you cannot have this person. You have to have this person or you should have this person. Uh, it's And that line of thinking just spreads. It's, oh, my goodness. It's like yeah. a cancer that spreads. If you don't stop it, it mastitizes to the family hereditary thing. And it's like it, it, it just becomes that curse of generations. Mm-hmm. And it's just, well, you got to do this. You got to do that. It's tradition. You have to include this person. You have to include this way of thinking. You have to go with this line of thinking. Mm-hmm. And it, it just spreads to all the different aspects of life. Yeah. Um, and I've noticed that in yeah. your in your family where, where, especially when it came to godparents, it was almost as if, well, you have to do this or you have to do that or mm-hmm. you have to have this person. And it was just a trip. And, and I didn't understand it at the time. And mm-hmm. I know you probably didn't either. Probably still don't. We still don't. <laughs> so, um, but this is good to talk about because this right. is good information and I'm sure others are going through or have gone through or experienced or seen somebody close to them right. deal with these same scenarios, you know? Yeah. Well, and I just find it interesting because like I said, uh, again, I'm not saying I'm not speaking on behalf of every single person within my extended family, like meaning my, my mom or uh, her family, you know, her siblings and all that kind of stuff, because I'm sure there's some that took it serious and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just saying what I observed as a young person, a young child and then being raised and then, you know, going, wait a minute, if we're not going to church that often and we're not praying and we're not reading the Bible that often. So who's making up these rules and these things of what needs to be done. And when I seen a lot of the God parents, let's just say the God parent, there's a lot of them that would have multiple children as their God children. And then I'm like, Whoa, how crazy is that? That they almost could go broke with, feeling like they have to give gifts because that's our way of showing love or they think that that's a way of showing you're loved or this is our connection 
well, there is five love languages, but those five love languages isn't all just gifts. So like taking. It's almost being bound by tradition. Yeah. And obli- obligation. Yeah. You know, and and are they really then giving gifts because it's something that's on their heart or because they're held to a standard of accountability from people outside of another influence? Right. Now, again, if they wanted give gift, I mean, hey, that's awesome. Go ahead. Sure. Give, give the gifts. But I almost felt like. I, you know, like, but again, it's, it's not about the gifts. So, right. But then also too, these people, these people, I'm saying these people, cause I'm trying to make it more. It's not just about one person. Cause it right. happens it, to a lot of families. Yeah. Is it a lot of times too, is that financially mm-hmm. people are struggling. Sure. So it's the priorities in which you're, you're spending your money. And again, if you're a God parent, talk about God how good God is to your God child. And that's free of charge. There's no charge for that. I mean, Jesus paid the price for all of our sins, but you get what I'm saying? So as a God mother, I, I didn't, I took it serious when I realized that fast forward, obviously. So anyways, all that to say is that was not, what I seen happening as far as a a real connection with Christ in our family. Um, And so all that to say is back to my mom and dad is that I took on, since I was spending more time with my mom, um, meaning just we lived together, you know, later I would work with her, you know, at skating plus I was constantly seeing her. Um, you know, just anything to do with me and school or me and having to get covered through my dad's insurance or whatever it is. I didn't talk to my dad. My mom did, but I just remember her always, there's an argument, but I only heard one side of it because obviously I'm in front of her. I don't hear what my dad's saying. So everything I'm hearing my mom say, I'm going, Oh, that's jacked up. So then when she gets off the phone and she's complaining about the conversation, Again, it's more, then I get more angry with my dad. Then, then it became her sharing too much information with me as to, um, you know, oh, your dad had affairs, your, you know, and then it got to the point where we were somewhere and she pointed out one of the ladies and it happened to be somebody that worked at my high school. And I'm like, what that does to my brain of not sitting down with both my parents. And it would be great if both of them sat me down and said, look, this is what's going on and not hide their secrets or hide their struggles, but put it out in the, in the forefront of this is what's happening. Cause remember how you were talking about, we were talking about um, ancient spirits and gener- sins of generations before us, right. you know, and if you don't deal with things, it, it continues that continues or it manifests in different ways Yes, and it affects us. And sometimes we could be angry about things and not know what we're angry about, you know, or bitter about something that we have no clue. You know what I'm saying? There's just more to it. And so again, she shared with me out of anger and out of bitterness, out of hurt, out of sorrow, I'm sure. And then out of a place of I'm, you know, just a lot of stuff. So I took all that on as, 
okay, I'm, it's, I'm, it's heavy on me. And during those years of 10 years of not talking to my dad or having a relationship with him, we would be in the same area, like because of family functions, because my my sister fast forward would have children. Right. And once in a blue moon, my dad would go. But it was always a fight. My mom was constantly saying, I don't want your dad to go. Or it was like, you don't mention his name or, you know, it's, it's kind of like you have to act like he doesn't exist. And so, again, I didn't talk to my dad when we go to these family every so often. I'd be like, nope. I'm mad and I'm angry and, you know, you shouldn't have done this, 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 but not realizing that there's two sides of it, you know, and I was just getting one side. And again, of all my hurts and all my insecurities and all my things that I personally was going to through, then I took that on as well. And I'm just going to go ahead and say that that was very unfair for Laura to have to Mm. rescind any feelings towards her dad that were good mm-hmm. and not have a relationship with her dad because of the negativity that was born of hate and anger because of a relationship from her, you know, that her mom had. And that, that just, that the spewing of the hatred and the anger uh, just created this scenario where she had to basically repress her feelings mm-hmm. and not even share, not even talk about, the bad part, not even, even living in that darkness to not be able to share about the darkness while she was in the darkness Mm -hmm. because she wasn't even able to talk about it rationally with anybody. Right. That was unfortunate. And there's, you know, again, and we say these things not out of our own hate and not out of derogatory towards anybody. This is, we're not throwing anybody under the bus. This is going through some stuff that we went through and we're sharing, we're sharing, we're testifying that we went through, you know, Laura went through stuff. I went through stuff. And this, these are our familiar, familial things that, you know, somebody else might be encouraged to take a stand earlier on in their life to not have to go through the things that we went through. Right. And again, it's, it's, um, I mean, it got so dark in a place that, I mean, I can, I can tell you when my parents actually sat us down, me and my siblings to tell us that they were getting a divorce or separating what it ended up being. And that was when my mom lived in the condo. My dad was in, um, you know, his home. I don't even know if it was yet finished yet, but my brother was, I think my oldest brother was engaged at the time, but I remember um, them sitting us down. And honestly, when they told us that they were separating, because again, I know I told you Uh that when I was younger and all I heard was the bickering and the, and the anger and just the strife is that I would say, I, I'd rather my parents not be together if this is how it's going to be. So when they sat us down and told us we're separating, my siblings were quiet and all I could do out of just such discomfort and at the boiling point that I was in that time, all I could do was laugh. And I laughed because you know that I have a lot of different laughs. Many different laughs. <laughs> when I'm nervous, when I'm, you know, um, just all kinds of different yep. emotions. It mm-hmm. comes out of my laughter. Mm-hmm. 
And sometimes it's inappropriate timing. I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> but, but God is good and he redeems that yep. and he uses it yes. for good. So yes. thank you, Jesus. So I laughed and as I laughed, cause it's the only thing I knew how to express. Cause again, we never were sat down for anything to go over, you know, emotions or whatever the case is. And I remember one of my siblings getting really angry at me and yelling at me, how dare you, you know, laugh, blah, blah, blah. Well then now I'm don't know how to react. So what do I do? I ran. So I actually ran out of the condo and went just running out of the neighborhood as fast as I could until I just couldn't run anymore and Mm. crying. I mean, (laughs) that was how you knew how to express at that moment. And you had so many different feelings going on inside you at that time. How could you rein it all in and then express yourself in an emotional state like that? You know, yeah. which Ooh. that's part. And see, all of that is part of yeah. what you dealt with even going forward, because that was something that got swept under the rug. Right. You know, and, right. and then it kind of then it came to the surface later. Right. And it's interesting because. Sorry, I'm just, I mean, tears are good. It's a good cry because it's like God is good. They're still so, healing, uh, as you can see, So, <laughs> so which is great. And, and part of this process is healing. You know, we hope to heal others through this process. But even as we share, we heal. Right, because, absolutely. Because, again, it's, it's conversation, not condemnation. Right. Absolutely. So in that time of them separating and us and us getting sat down finally to have that discussion, and it's like after the fact. They're already not living together. So it's like the obvious was happening. So (laughs) now the conversation happened. So that was kind of funny. But um, so in that season, it was really obviously just, again, dark, like you said, just a dark time. And I remember going through, you know, suicidal thoughts and things like that. And that was, yeah. That was during that time. So, um, but praise God, God is good. God is Um, good. So then school, school was hard, tough, all that stuff. So again, 10 years without speaking to my dad and my siblings having somewhat of a relationship. I don't know what theirs look like necessarily. I can again, only speak on my half. So fast forward to, you know, us dating, us meeting, Mm -hmm. having a great time, having a connection, finding out you know, how we can relate as far as our upbringings, um, what we shared with one another. That was, I think also starting to heal, even though we didn't know, I didn't know that that was a healing thing, but again, and then, um, there was two different times when we had actually broke up two Mm -hmm. different times. And one of the times, um, you broke up with me and that was in 95. And during that time is when I received the Lord and we'll, I'll talk more about that later, but Basically, I was in a place of hurting and longing for my father. Um, It's just interesting because when you're trying, wow, when you're trying to make sense of why you're, you're 
why your biological father is not in your life. And for some people, you kind of have an inkling of an idea of why a parent isn't in your life, whether they're doing harmful things to themselves or could be be doing harmful things to you. Um, that wasn't the case with my dad. And because there was no information shared as far as a good reason why he needed to not be in my life. It was like questions after questions. So in a time in 95 when you broke up with me, because you were the first male in my life, where obviously I loved in a different way, obviously, mm-hmm. and having such an atta- attachment to you. Because I remember telling you before, like, when you asked me out, it was almost like I was saying, I do. Like, we were getting married. Like, <laughs> you were my husband, like, yeah. back then. So, so for you to break up with me, it was like that hurt. It just came up all over again of not good enough or, you know, all the other questions of um, a male person leaving me and not having an understanding of why. But praise God for spiritual spiritual parents. And this is where this comes into play is I had two great friends that were, you know, obviously a husband and wife that were married and they kind of took me under their, their wing and, um, got me into church. And that started that process of healing and seeking. Um, it was a process of healing and thank God, cause this is the right thing to do. You want answers? Ask Christ. Mm-hmm. You want answers? Go to God. Get on your knees, right. pray, right. seek Christ. That's right. what because that's what will help you find your answers. That's right. That's absolutely right. And so, um, as broken as I was, and longing for longing for a father of obviously in my dad because of the hurts I wanted my dad in my life. So the love of my life left me. But then it was almost like I needed to get like really broken in a sense, go through the really broken to to really ask that question to my heavenly father yeah. of him say, I'm the father that you need in your life. I'm the father that's going to give you everything that you need. I'm the father that's going to give you answers and to, you know, just all this great stuff, you know. And so when I went to the altar to ask God into my life, to ask Jesus into my life as my Lord and Savior, it was like I was going with the thought of my my biological father, but then seeing Christ. It was just like a powerful picture of... It's interesting because, like, it, it just instantly removed... That anger and everything that I had welled up. And it was almost like the Lord just was like, and just gave me all of this knowledge, wisdom, and understanding with him. And it was almost like he fast forward a huge glimpse of like the family dynamic within my, sorry, sorry. (laughs) With my mother, my father, my siblings. And it was 
God revealing my father and my mother individually and as a couple and where their marriage could have gone Mm -hmm. with different choices from both of them. Yeah. And how God's still going to work things out for the good, but how what he had meant it to be. And so all that to say is that was in 95. Yeah. So still battling and learning of Christ and learning, you know, verses and learning just to be baby Christian and just learning all this new stuff is that fast forward a couple years into 98 and I had been going through it. I've been still in with, with the Lord, but struggling. Um, we got back together, mm-hmm. um, for a season and then, um, we broke up again mm-hmm. and this time I broke up with you. Mm-hmm. And in that breaking up, it was like, I was running again, but it was like, I was running, um, I was rebelling. Basically I was rebelling and I got into some, I, I made some, a lot of bad choices and, in that, again, God brought me back. And in that bringing back, he was just diving me into my relationship with my dad, my my biological father. And um, so it's interesting also looking back because he kind of allowed us to separate mm-hmm. so that I could actually, there was no like, I don't know, I don't want to say distraction, but it was like, no, I need you to be oh, it was separate. definitely yeah. You definitely needed no distractions. <laughs> That's it's okay. You said it. it's it's it is what it is, and it was it was it was cause for an effect, right? And it was something that needed to happen for the better of well, it helped. It really helped both of us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah, and it's it's making sure I'm not looking to you mm-hmm. to be anything other than what God has called you to be. Right. In our life, you know what I mean? Yes. As, as your role and then my role in your life, you know? And yeah. so, um, all that to say is that I was like, I, in my, it, this is just me trying to take control of it. So Holy spirit. But then I was like, ah, so I'm like, I'm going to go to my dad's house and I'm just going to let him have it. And I'm going to yell and I'm going to tell him what I think of him and I'm going to do this. And, but then at the same time, I'm like, but I have a lot of questions for him. And he better answer me, you know, and he better tell me kind of like that kind of stuff, you know, in my, in my brain, this is what I'm processing and stuff. So my mom, not knowing I had this, you know, uh, uh, idea or thought or, um, plan. Um, but I know that was a tug of God drawing me there. And so I'm like this, you know, needs to happen. So I was very nervous. I walked up to the door and he answered and I kid you not, he looked completely different. And at the time he actually went, his hair went all gray. He allowed his hair to go all gray. And that was the only time I seen his hair like that. And in a way that's kind of actually really a cool picture. My dad opened the door. He looked at me and he smiled and he welcomed me in. And he's like, come in. And so right away from his greeting of his openness, his welcoming, it already started to chip away the 
anger I had, right? Yeah. The brick, the brick the, wall was the already brick wall coming down. Was like shattering. Yeah, you know, 